astrology, feng shui, tarot, crystals. We've all heard about these practices, but what does it all mean? Each week, Mom and me will dive into these topics to present them in an easy, digestible 20 minutes. From full moons to celebrity charts to even red doors, Mom and me will share personal, shocking, and wow factor stories. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. My name is Kate Wind, and joining me today da, 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 is my dad, Bill Swick. Hey, Dad. Hi, Kate. Good morning. Good morning. So some of you might be a little bit surprised. Maybe you're wondering, where is Mom um, today? But Mom is taking a day off, and in um, celebration of Father's Day, we thought we would have my dad on. So um I'm really happy to introduce my dad, Bill Swick. Um, My dad is a musician, an educator, and an astrologer. He was regularly active in astrology in the 1980s and definitely had a huge impact on my mom's choice as with her career as an astrologer. So he continues to be a proud supporter of the Mom and Me Astrology podcast, and we are so excited to have him here today to do a little bit of an interview and then also talk about why Father's Day falls into Gemini season. So welcome, Dad. Thank you, Kate. It's a pleasure to be here. I don't know if I can replace your mom as well as, <laughs> as she and you get a, get, get uh, together, but I'm thrilled to give it a try. Absolutely. So I figured um, before we kind of get into it, why don't you share your astrology stats, if you will? Well, I don't know if I have too many stats. I'll, <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, when I was uh, uh, in high school and, and probably 15, uh, when it all kind of started, uh, I had a neighbor who uh, was into astrology and he, um, we were at the time we were living in Houston and he had just met uh, a, a kind of a famous astrologer named Sybil Leak. She was an English astrologer and witch and uh, she has written 60 books. Wow. And she's credited, believe it or not, for, for astrologically helping the end of World War II by uh, the capturing of, uh, of uh, the Nazis at the, at the end of the war. And she's credited for giving the information to the uh, English army to put an end to the war. I don't know how much that's true or not, but it's fascinating that she makes that claim. Right. right. Nevertheless, my neighbor uh, got to know her pretty well because she had moved from uh, England uh, to New York. Then she moved to Houston. Uh, Believe it or not, she then moved to Las Vegas. She lived here in Las Vegas for a while. And she had a home here and a home in Los Angeles and a home in in Florida. And as I said, she, she authored 60 books about half are on astrology and, uh, another big chunk or is on witchcraft. And then believe it or not, she wrote books on finances too. Hmm. Uh, anyway, I got some of her books in the, in the, uh, uh, sixties and started reading her books. That was my first exposure to, uh, a, a real, live uh, uh astrologer and got excited about that 
So and prior that, to meeting her, were you familiar already with being like a Libra sun or did you even know your rising sign at that point? No, no, I really didn't know anything about any of that. Okay. So uh, this was all kind of brand new to me. Okay. So you're a Libra sun. Do you want to share your moon, your rising, and maybe one of your favorite parts about your chart? Well, yeah, I, I have a cancer ascendant, cancer rising, and my moon's in cancer. And so this has always been kind of a, a complex thing for me to understand that I'm a Libra. And so I relate to Libras and, and compatible with, with other Libras and other air signs. And then I have a heavy influence of cancer, cancer rising and moon and cancer. And uh, then I found that, you know, I get along well with other cancers, uh, cancer people. So I have that water aspect. So it's been a kind of an interesting thing to learn about myself. Mm -hmm. And then one other thing about my chart personally, that is, is really stemmed me into my most interest in astrology is that I have what's called a stellium. And a stellium is when you have four or more planets in one house. And that seems to give, no matter what the sign or what house it falls in, having a stellium tends to give people expert qualities in some area. Mm -hmm. They tend to become experts in, in, in one or more areas. And I have probably spent more time in my astrological research on the study of stelliums in any single uh, area of astrology. And I've actually written a number of articles for magazines, and I've done a number of presentations at uh, astrology conferences on that subject. Yeah, that's interesting because whenever I see a stellium in people's chart, I tend to say like, you might be better self-employed because, because you become an expert in something. It might be hard to like work under other people because you've already thought 10 steps ahead of other people. And so I would think it'd be rather frustrating to work under someone that doesn't take such an in-depth look at that certain subject. Well, that's a, that's good advice because that's, that's an, that's a pretty accurate, um, uh, uh, evaluation of, of a stellium. Yeah. So, okay. So you met this astrologer in Houston, obviously you were already interested in music as well at that time. Yes. Yeah. And so what prompted you to then start doing astrology readings? Because that seems like a big step, not knowing anything about astrology, meaning this world famous astrologer already having a passion in music and guitar. Right. Well, doing readings came uh, actually later. Uh, the, the, the first thing I found is just the journey of learning about astrology. And what's interesting is in the 60s, astrology was hugely popular. You couldn't turn on the radio without someone saying something about astrology. Okay. Uh, it, was in, and it was in every magazine, every newspaper, there was an astrological column. And um, there was a guy who wrote a book, excuse me, he didn't write one book, he wrote 12 books. His name was Sidney Omar. And he had these books, and you could buy them at any grocery store or any department store. As you're checking out at the counter, there'd be a book on Leo's and a book on 
Sagittarius and a book on cancer. It was all based on your sun sign. And so it was, they were very popular. They were like a dollar or something like that, a paperback. It was just that one sign. And what, uh, what intrigued me the most is no matter which store I went into that had these Sidney Omar paperback books, the Leos would always be sold out. <laughs> You'd never get a Leo, find a Leo anywhere. Right. And, and, the, and the Virgos were all there. No, no one ever <laughs> sold a book on Virgos. Because they already know. Hmm? Because they already know. They already know, or they don't believe whatever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that in itself, as a, as a teenager, intrigued me wow, why are Leo books disappearing and the Virgo books all staying? And so just that alone really captured my interest. Okay. And then there was a new, uh, another book that came out by Grant Louie uh, called Planets Know What. And the book was uh, created for people who don't know anything about astrology to be able to construct an astrological chart uh, using this book, and then it had interpretations. And that was the book that really um, got me going. Okay. Called Heaven Knows What by Grant Louie. And uh, because I was still in high school, we had uh, a yearbook that came out each year. And I took my yearbook and I went through it and found out the birthday of everybody that I knew at school and wrote their sun sign in uh, by their name in the yearbook. So I could see who, who were uh, the signs that I got along with okay. and who were the signs that I didn't much care for. Interesting. Yeah. Are you going to put any signs on blast today? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, no. But it, was, but it was interesting to me to discover for myself. I don't know how it is for other people. But as a Libra, I get along really well with Aries men. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of my friends are Aries men and have been for you know, a long, long time. Um, and Aries is the opposite sign of Libra. And so you, know, you hear that opposites attract. Correct. Uh, but what I found is that um, I don't get along that well with Aries women. Okay. And... Um, uh, the same thing is true with Leos. I get along well with Leo men, not so much Leo women. Okay. So I, did, I, I found that just that observation for me personally is that there must be something like that for everyone. That right. there must be some signs that you do well with the same sex, but perhaps not so well with the opposite sex. Right. And again, we're just talking sun sign astrology right and while we're on that same topic there was a very popular book written about that same time by linda goodman uh on sun sign astrology yeah, and i have that book yeah and that became a bestseller and every radio station was using that as a kind of a little blip to get people excited about their astrology signs so you know if it was the month of November, you'd hear radio stations go, okay, Sagittarius, this is what Linda says about what's going <laughs> on with you and so on. And, and so there was a lot of reference to the Linda Goodman's uh, sun sign uh, yeah. books. 
And um, again, I read that book cover to cover and again, applied sun sign astrology to, to the people that I knew that I came in contact with in high school. And that was kind of my basis of learning astrology. Now, what happened uh, later is because, you know, at the time there were no computers. Mm -hmm. uh, you couldn't just calculate an astrological chart. And to learn how to do the mathematics involved in doing a chart, constructing it from scratch is so detailed and so intense and you have to have an ephemeris and you have to have a calculator and you have to have knowledge of math and and so forth um most people couldn't do that mm -hmm. on their own and so it was actually later uh before i was able to uh, study with um another professional astrologer who you know i took a course in math construction again before calculators uh or excuse me before for computers were out uh then that kind of changed uh, you know took me to a whole nother level of things to look at and things to learn and then it wasn't until even um gosh the early 80s when the first computer software was written that would uh, create or calculate a astrological chart and that really opened up the door because those were way more accurate than the ones that we were doing by hand. Yeah, I have memories of, well, actually, I still have some of those handwritten charts that you guys would do um, in just some of the boxes that I've acquired over the years <laughs> from you guys. But the handwritten charts um, and even just having charts on our wall growing up, we had a wall that had all four of our birth charts on them. Right, yeah. right, right. So you did, so you moved finally then into readings in the eighties. Yes, that's really, yeah. that's really when it started. We were um, uh, living in Des Moines yep. and um, I was uh, doing a lot of, of uh, reading and we got, uh, we, we met another astrologer. And again, I think it's when you, when you're learning something, if you can see it, and see other people do it successfully, then you can sort of make a realization that you can do it too. Right. And, and reading books on astrology is one thing, but meeting an astrologer uh, that's making a living supporting him or herself is something completely different. So here I had the uh, uh, experience of having met Sybil Leak, and she was quite the character uh, and she was something of a celebrity so you know I, I wasn't really friends with her but i i got to see here's a here's a person who's making a living as an astrologer but when we got to uh, iowa we met another professional astrologer named gar austin and gar um, was the real deal he was uh, uh often um consulted at the white house uh, for his astrological uh, opinions. And uh, he had written a book on the um, um, United the history of the United States. And he was making a living doing uh, reports um, and doing readings. And we got to be, uh, I don't want to say real good friends with him, but because he was always busy and seemed to always be traveling. But mm -hmm. 
we, we saw him probably three or four times a year in social events and, and went to his house a couple of times. And he was kind of the one that really made me believe that, hey, I can do this. Right. And so that's, that's when I got really serious about doing readings for other people. I never even considered doing readings for other people uh, prior to having seen him do it. Uh, okay, so at this point, you and mom had met? Yes, we okay. had yes, we had met, and he was uh, um, someone who came to our lives shortly after we met. And so then, because from my understanding, you and mom used to do readings together, so where you two would both sit with one client on the other side, yes, and both read, yes, right That's for right. one client, right, and no one was doing that, yeah, and particularly a couple where you had a male and female. Perspective. Uh, perspective of the reading. And so it was wildly popular and we had uh, a lot of people coming to us. I mean, it was like, we just turned on the switch and people started coming <laughs> and uh, they enjoyed it. We, and we made it fun and uh, we each had different perspectives to share. And then we uh, recorded the, the readings as well as we gave them a printed uh, uh, version of of the uh, uh chart that we had prepared for them yeah so that's where the black friday mom and me reading kind of was inspired from is you know a lot of my work has been kind of piggybacking i guess on what you and mom like the foundation that you guys laid mm -hmm. um like even the tarot class that i teach you know is the basis of it is the tarot classes that you used to teach in the eighties and nineties, <laughs> but it's revamped and more updated interpretations. Um, and so the mom and me astrology readings were kind of lifted from that idea of people love to hear two different perspectives. We're both female, but we have the age difference, right? Which right. really captures two different kind of ways of thinking. Yes, it does. Yeah. It's great. Okay. So you guys started doing readings. Then you guys moved to Las Vegas at some point. Yes. And I mean, I know you guys, mom has said that you guys moved out here to be tarot readers, but obviously you moved out for music. Right. Well. Right. Right. Um, we knew we we're going to do both. Okay. Um, you know, I knew I was going to come here to be working as a musician and. Um, do you want to throw around some of the names that you've worked with <laughs> in music? Well, I could, but I don't know that it would make a lot of difference. Most of the, most of the entertainers that I worked with are, are not well known to your audience. But, uh, and then most of the hotels that I played in in Las Vegas have, have been torn down. So Yeah, well, our listeners are a good split of my age and mom's age. So I think you might be surprised. Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, I, I played with Rich Little for almost 12 years. Yeah. Uh, he was the impersonator and uh, off and on. I mean, it wasn't 12 years of solid work. It was just, you know, off and on when he was on tour and uh, Robert Goulet and B.B. Uh, King and uh, um, uh, uh, Shirley MacLaine and uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, <laughs> Joan Rivers. Um, and, yeah, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the list kind of goes on and on. Yeah. So you moved to Las Vegas, you had your music 
gig um, when you came out here? And then what was that like reading tarot in Las Vegas? Cause mom has shared before on the podcast that, you know, you guys came from Iowa and Texas and you thought Vegas was going to be super liberal and kind of super open, uh, to this way of thinking. And you kind of found out that maybe it was a little bit more conservative than you were thinking, especially compared to California. I don't know that it was conservative as okay. much as it is that people here were, um, well, this sounds so negative when I say this, but everybody here was was looking to become, you know, kind of reinvent themselves. Okay. And so uh, consequently, I think the people here were just leery of, of anybody that was doing something that they I weren't see. familiar with. And so... Um, what, whatever your mom shared with you about that is, is that's correct. So what happened, and I don't know if she told you this story or not, there was a very popular bookstore on, on Maryland Parkway across the street from the university that uh, did readings every day called the Psychic Eye. Mm-hmm. And we learned pretty quickly, if you want to become a reader in Las Vegas, you had to be a reader at the psychic eye. That that's how you got got your name out there. Right. That's how you met people and and, and could share your business card and, and build your, your clientele. So we went to the psychic eye and said we'd like to read. And uh, they put us to work immediately. They gave us a table. And the first day that we did it, we did it together. And uh, the people who came to us uh, all seemed to be very um, pleased with what we were doing. So the next week we showed up and uh, the owner came up to us and says, "Uh, I can't have two of you at the same table. Um, You know, I've got so many clients that I need to separate you and uh, each of you, you know, you do twice as many people this way. Okay. Well, we never did that before. <laughs> and that was really challenging for both of us. Right. And we weren't as good mm-hmm. doing it separately. And it wasn't as much fun. And yeah. it wasn't what, what we had imagined. So that didn't last very long. Once he, once he split us up <laughs> and we couldn't work together, um, we, we decided maybe that's not the place for us. And so uh, we, we didn't stay very long after that and just went back to doing individual readings. But just in that short time that we were there, we had uh, created enough contacts to, to stay busy. And then we immediately um, you know, started teaching classes at uh, the community centers in town. There were several, and they were very open to have astrology and tarot classes. And so we would teach classes or, or just do a single night of, of uh, a, a, like a lecture type thing. And, and, and also at the libraries. And that really got us going. Yeah, so dad's a natural teacher. Um, you know, those that are listening that know him, um, he has been in the music education field for decades. Um, he was a nominated nominee Grammy 
for um, music educator of the year. And so not only does he teach music, but obviously he used his natural teaching abilities to teach astrology and tarot as well. So there was a book that you wrote in um, the 1980s about astrology and national holidays. And this is something that I really gravitated to because I really like to teach um, astrology and tarot in very practical ways. You know, Mm -hmm. people get overwhelmed because it's like a new language and there's this need to like make flashcards and just memorize all of these associating words. And while that's great, that doesn't really help you when you get in front of someone and then you have to tell a story (laughs) or explain it to them. And so you've probably heard us on the podcast before talking about how each of the holidays falls into obviously a Zodiac season and how the holiday reflects many qualities of that Zodiac season. Yes. And so in your book, of course, you talk about Thanksgiving, you talk about Christmas, you talk about New Year's, Valentine's Day. Um, But one thing that you didn't put in there was Father's Day. And because that is kind of what we're celebrating today, I thought, why don't we talk about how Father's Day falls into Gemini season or maybe what the correlation might be, because I don't think it's as obvious as maybe New Year's to Capricorn season. Right, right. Well, one of the things that uh, uh, I've learned by looking into the history of Father's Day is that it's one of our newest ones. It wasn't until 1970 that it became a, an official holiday. And that oh, wow. Was, uh, President Reagan was the one that signed, signed that, uh, that bill. And they made it the third um, Sunday of June, which uh, falls, like, as you said, in Gemini. And, and, and I thought, well, it might fall into cancer on some years, but, but it really doesn't. Okay. It's, pretty, pretty, it's pretty much the last day of Gemini yeah. uh, year after year, or the last days of Gemini. Yeah. And the, the political purpose for, for Reagan to uh, sign this bill is that he thought fathers were sort of um, not doing a good job of being fathers. And it was like a day to, uh, <clears throat> for fathers to spend with their children. Hmm. That was his argument. Okay. Uh, now, I, I, as I was said to you uh, in conversation is that uh, in Europe, Father's Day is like a free day for dads. It's, <laughs> it's a day where you can get away from your family, uh, go meet up with a bunch of other men and, uh, and party and drink and do whatever you wish to do. Uh, and so it's a free day from the family where, where our American uh, celebration is intended to be a family day. Yeah. We also know that, um, that, uh, just barely half the money that's spent on Mother's Day is spent on Father's Day. So, Interesting. So, so Mother's Day, uh, you know, uh, people participate in that more financially in terms of flowers and cards and travel and those sort of things. Yeah. So if we pull that into the Gemini thing, I think just the duplicity of Gemini is interesting that Mother's Day was already well-established. <laughs> 
very popular and celebrated. Obviously, we can see the commercialism in it that people spend a lot of money. And so almost just the duplicity of like, well, there's Mother's Day. So do we need Father's Day (laughs) or should we make Father's Day? That would be like a very Gemini quality of just like the twins. Right, right. And I know that you said like in other in Europe, European countries, it's like time for men to go out and have fun. And I don't necessarily think that we celebrated it that way in our family, but I have heard in more recent years where women are complaining where on Mother's Day, you know, they're getting flowers or, you know, breakfast in bed, mm-hmm. but they're, it's usually a family day where they feel like the men get to like, they're sending them out to the golf course. Or, you know, they're going on a fishing trip. So I do think that the holidays still are celebrated a little bit differently where men maybe get a little bit more headspace, which would be very Gemini, like the very air, the air sign. Um, Or I think too, we're on Father's Day, we're putting things in men's hands, which, you know, Gemini rules the hands. And again, this might sound very simple, but when we compare it to Mother's Day, which falls into Taurus, which is the flowers, the jewelry, uh, you know, the, the food. And it's, yeah. It's also the restaurants. I just, I just read oh, yeah. the amount of re- uh, people that eat out on mother's day is tremendous. Yes. Not and father, father's day, we're putting a beer in their hand. We're putting a remote in their hand. We're putting a golf club in their hand. Like that. Well, there's a lot of action around the hands where we don't think any of those things for mother's day. So, so I, I, was thinking about this, and in 1970, I can remember that uh, Target's, not Target, it was Kmart. Uh, most Kmart's have closed, but it was Kmart's like a Target or a Walmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the 70s, Kmart was pushing, because it was like Father's Day was new to, to the nation. They were pushing a Father's Day special on these uh, outdoor grills. And these okay. grills were just real simple. You know, they're about uh, 20 inches in diameter. Uh, they're about four inches deep. And they had a beautiful chrome grill on top of them. No top on it. And it had three movable legs. And um, they were pushing this as, you know, something for dad for Father's Day. But what, what they didn't say is to use this thing, you need... Uh, you know, you knew, you needed some some mitts that you won't burn your hands with. Yeah, a longer spatula. You need a longer thongs. You need a, a longer fork. And uh, it's talking about putting things into people's hands. Yeah. <laughs> and so we got one of these things for my dad. Okay. And then we didn't consider that. Oh, we also need charcoal, and we need charcoal starter. And so you can see where this is going. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, now my mom's got to get some hamburger meat and make hamburger patties. And we get this fire started. And because it doesn't have a lid, the air is getting to it. And so every time the, the, the oh, mist, uh, you know, drips onto the coals, it creates a flame. So now you've got this, these huge flames that you can't control. And the next thing you know, your beautiful red uh, uh, grill is now, you know, scorched in in black smoke and and, and your beautifully chromed grill is now, you know, blackened with, with meat. And so anyway, (laughs) talking about putting things in your dad's hands. Yeah. 
about that. So many moving pieces. A lot of moving pieces just to buy a simple grill. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's we, a. You know, I, I, we used it that one time, and I think it ended up getting thrown away. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet. The last thing too about Gemini, and this might seem more of like a traditional reference, but again, we have to look back to when the holiday was created because of course, language changes, roles do change over the decades. Um, But when Father's Day was created, you know, it was a time when usually the man or the dad was out of the house. So, you know, I know mom said she had strong memories of dad had the car. You know, mom didn't have a car and there were a lot of phrases used like, well, wait till your dad gets home. Right. Um, And that the dad was constantly coming and going like the dad was leaving to work. Okay. Now the dad's coming home. Now the dad's going out again. And that would be very Gemini as well. Gemini rules, transportation, the coming and going. Um, Again, not gender roles are much more fluid now. Uh, but again, we have to look back at when this was created and why Father's Day really does fit that Gemini interpretation. Right. And then, and then as we're talking about <clears throat> a Gemini energy, you know, we should, uh, you've mentioned it already, but just reiterate that it is an air sign. Yes. And it's ruled naturally by the planet Mercury. So it's a Mercury energy, which you also mentioned that it rules the hands, it rules the mind, it rules transportation. Um, So uh, those are things that you have to look at also when you're trying to analyze what's different between that and Mother's Day, which is a earth sign Mm -hmm. ruled by Venus, which is is the planet of of love and and emotions and caring. And so you can see the, the difference in the two where we have an earth sign with Venus being the energy of celebration as opposed to an air sign, which is intellectual and Mercury, which is movement or working with your hands. And and so you, you said, you know, something about a golf club or a fishing Fishing pole, fishing pole. Those would be such a a Mercury uh, air type energy of Gemini, and that's how the two to differ. And Absolutely. then this may sound just crazy, but um, the number one Father's Day gift historically has been tobacco. Interesting. And you would think, wow, how, huh. does, that, how does that tie into Gemini? Well, it's and, interesting because are, are you going to finish? Was okay. that a rhetorical question? <laughs> That was rhetorical. Okay. Because I have an answer. <laughs> um, we just did our podcast on Gemini season. We talked about how Geminis usually need something to do with their hands because they can get fidgety and whether that's some sort of fidget spinner, whether that's a video game, whether that's having some sort of rock or stone in their hands that they do need to have movement with their hands. And so when we talk about tobacco, that is the actual movement of bringing your hands towards your face, you know, like having a cigarette in your hand. Right. In that action of smoking. And, and one other thing I didn't mention that I think should also be added is besides tobacco, pipes were mm. a big gift. And, and at the time, I believe that historically that a pipe 
was supposed to make a man look more intelligent mm. and a man who smoked a pipe act like he was more intelligent and it kind of the you know you, you see this depiction of a guy with a shirt and tie and a coat and he's wearing glasses and he looks like a college professor and he would always have a pipe yeah in his mouth and that that image of if i smoke a pipe i'll be smarter or i'll look smarter and uh is one of those things where you ask a a, a, a man a question and he would take two puffs of his pipe before he would respond like he's thinking yep. about the answer. Which would be jump air and air sign does put a huge focus on the intellect. Absolutely. Uh, the brainstorming, the mind. Absolutely. Yeah. And then because it's ruled by Mercury again, it's that planet of communication and language um, and sharing of knowledge. Right. So I think that's probably the most interesting thing is the uh, uh, the pipe became very uh, popular, particularly in America after Father's Day began. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. So as we start to wrap up, is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with? I know this is kind of just impromptu, but uh, whether that's an astrology story, whether that's an advice for anyone looking to get into astrology um whether it's i know you've shared a lot of books and um, other astrologers that you've looked up to but anything that maybe we didn't talk about that you'd like to share as we close out today wow well that's an interesting <laughs> way of, of putting it on me um, <laughs> I know. if you don't have anything that's okay because i know we this was just kind of impromptu but i know sometimes once we start talking uh you know sometimes there's a story that comes to mind that maybe doesn't fit the timeline Right, right. Well, I think probably the most interesting thing when we when we started out, you were saying that you remember the charts on the walls that we did when you were younger, and uh, the classes that we used to teach in in the house, and and uh, people coming to the house for readings, and mm -hmm. we always thinking that you were going to eventually get interested in astrology, and, <laughs> and then you know we were going to have this lifetime of information to to uh share with you uh so that you could do it uh with an easy transition and uh you know we, we didn't see any signs of that for many years your you and and your brother tyler uh had had seemingly no interest in that although uh as you know now and probably knew it when you were younger when you have two astrologers in the family, the conversations are very different <laughs> than normal families. Yes. Because the reference to everything yep. is to a planet or a sign <laughs> or a house. And it's just a whole different kind of language. It, it's a great way to communicate if you're knowledgeable of those things. But people who are not would think that, uh, it was kind of a crazy environment uh, in which you lived. And so you were exposed to those types of conversations and continue to be. Uh, but when you say, oh, she's a, a Leo or a Sagittarius, you know, you're saying a whole lot without saying a lot, you know, it's like, right. oh, oh, okay, I get it now. And so it's like, that's just how we communicate. And yeah. uh, um, 
I think between the astrology and the feng shui, there was always some sort of like, I don't know, I want to say like reasoning, but there was always an explanation, I guess, for what was going on from that could be justified, if you will, through astrology or feng shui. And I think, you know, one of my memories that I always think is like funny, because again, you thought, I thought it was normal with the exception of being put into Catholic school and then realizing, okay, this isn't um, normal, but um, it's like, obviously growing up, we had a house phone and, you know, mom was actively doing readings at the time and people would call and is Mary available? And I'd be like, oh, she's in a consultation. And they'll be like, well, just tell her that Neptune hit my moon and everything that she said came true. And I remember being like nine or 10 with a notepad, like Neptune hit moon. Like, what does this mean? <laughs> right. But it was this whole other language that we were exposed to uh, growing up. And I think it's interesting too, when people come over like for family dinner or partners that we've introduced to the family, you know, they kind of get a gosh, a crash course, I guess now with like three of us actively right. talking the right. language. Right. It's got to be overwhelming for someone who comes for the first time has never, never heard that before. Right. Uh, but that's kind of what my experience was like having met Gar Austin and every conversation was kind of charged with astrological uh, uh, language. Yeah. And, and so when you see it, then you go, oh, this is how how uh these people talk is interesting yeah. yeah even mikey i mean mikey's been around for almost four years now but sometimes you know something will happen and mikey will look at me and go saturn and you know kind of roll his eyes <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> no i'm in my saturn decade right this is saturn I'm like okay <laughs> the interpretations aren't always perfect but it just it's you know, you, you start grasping it and catching on to the language. So right. that's kind right. of funny. <laughs> so anyway, when, when, when you decided to, to leave corporate world and become an astrologer, you know, your mom and I were just so excited <laughs> yeah. that you're going to, to, to do this and so excited to, to share uh, you know, we had decades of materials that we've written and collected and books and, and, you know, every kind of lecture and, and imaginable information that's out there. And plus software, electronic software that now does all this stuff for you. And uh, yeah, it was just, uh, um, uh, we, it was just hard to believe that one day you get, okay, I'm going to be an astrologer now. And I go, okay. Now it's been, I don't know, has it been four years? Yep. And uh, five years, I think, actually. Yeah. And what a transition you've made. But what's more amazing is how much you've learned in such a short period of time. Yeah. It took us longer because we didn't have, uh, we, first of all, we didn't have parents that, we had both, sure. of us, both of our parents, you know, were supportive, but they thought we were crazy at the same time. Right. Uh, doing astrology. And even my siblings uh, thought we were crazy. Yeah. So um, it, it, uh, it's uh, not real supportive doing things that you have to not be able, you can't share with other people in your family. Yeah. Support is a big thing. Cause even 
like, I mean, obviously you and mom were extremely supportive, like even from the minute, like that, I text mom from Bali saying, I think I'm gonna quit my corporate job when I get home. And she responded back, like your dad and I, um, absolutely support that. And I'll be there to pick you up at the airport. And, um, but like leaving the corporate world, so many people's response to me going out on my own was okay. Well, when it, when it doesn't work out, you can always come back. <laughs> like yeah. the spa right. industry will always be here. And, right. you know, I don't think that they meant any harm by that, but it, it just like showed though, that there was some limiting beliefs either around astrology or around self-employment. Right. Uh, yeah. And that's, if, if everyone around me was like that, you know, I might've started taking on those views, like, can I do this? And I think you made that point clear where you said, I met people doing it for a living. And I said, because I saw other people do it, I thought I could do it, you right. know, and I success. I mean, I watched you and mom successfully do it for years. Right. Um, and so I knew like, you can do this. It is possible. Yes. Yeah. That's a big part. And it's the same thing, you know, in, in, in as my life as a musician, uh, you know, my, my parents insisted that, you know, I, I go to college and get a degree in business and uh, forget all about music. And I just couldn't do that. And, and we just, uh, it was so difficult. And then when I got to Las Vegas was playing with, playing with celebrities and, and playing in hotels and doing well, then it was okay. Yeah. But, you know, it was always that, when when it when it fails you can always do do this and it's like that just wasn't um wasn't in my plan it, i wasn't planning on on not doing it or, or having it fail and then for for whatever reason in my lifetime this lifetime to choose two areas of first of all music and astrology that not only are they challenging ways to make a living but what's more challenging is learning as much as you can possibly learn because both areas of study are just endless endless you, yeah you can't, you can't learn everything about music in one lifetime and you can't learn everything about astrology in one lifetime uh there's just too much information right and so you're a constant student i've been a constant student of both music and astrology my entire life. And I still uh, learn something almost always every day about, about both. Right. Well, and even without the support of your parents originally, just this next week, Father's Day weekend, actually, you will be receiving the award for lifetime achievement in guitar education. Is that correct? Yeah. Did I say it right? <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Which that, I mean, that alone where you're like getting recognized for just so many contributions that you've made to, uh, guitar and guitar education. And what's interesting is that this is a, an award that's being created. This is the first of its kind to be, uh, uh awarded. So, uh, they sort of kind of making it up just for me knowing that you know, next year they'll they'll probably find another recipient and and will for years to follow. But I'm actually the first to uh, to receive this award. Yeah. So we'll end on this. Have you looked at your chart to see 
why you're getting this recognition (laughs) or what's happening in your chart to activate this. I'm moving into a Jupiter air and uh, it's just uh, been, it just kind of kicked in, is kicking in Uh, the last couple of weeks. We have taken um, this. uh, Your birthday's in October and you're saying you're moving into a new decade. Yes. Yeah. And so we kicked that in six months prior. So if I was just talking to a client from April of uh, 20, like what year are we in? Uh, 2022, (laughs) you should start feeling your Jupiter decade move in. Right. Okay. And um, again, I've got a, uh, I just read an email earlier today that uh, I have a, a, a second book now being published by Oxford University Press. Uh, that the book is completed and uh, it will be, uh, it, they're accepting pre-sales right now, but it'll be out on, in July. And Amazing. so, uh, you know, that's a kind of a Jupiter experience and uh, we, we're going to start traveling again. And that's a Jupiter experience. So yeah. the writing, the learning, the teaching, the expansion, expansion. And uh, I have things going on in music. Um, that I'm not free to talk about, but uh, it's it's the biggest thing about my publishing uh, business that uh, has been has has happened. It's in the process right now, and it will most likely occur while uh, while in this this new uh, Jupiter energy. So yeah, I'm excited about that as well. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Dad, for being on the Mom and Me Astrology podcast today. I want to wish you a very happy Father's Day. And uh, to our listeners, um, you know, I hope that you just enjoyed hearing my other parents' side of things. Uh, Maybe you have a better understanding, too, of my background. Uh, Dad shared a lot of great resources for astrology. And also, we we dove a little bit deeper into uh, Gemini season. So thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. To keep in touch, follow us on social media at the underscore Kate Wind. And to see a list of our services and our store, you can visit our websites at thekatewind.com or maryswick.com. We'll talk to you next week.